Sports Talk. Happy New Year, everyone. This is the first episode of the New Year. Happy New Year. I hope you guys all enjoyed your New Year. I hope everything is going wonderful so far. We're 16 days into the New Year, and we have to go back. We had to bring it back. The state of America storm in the Capitol, January 6th, Trump supporters it was wild. It was a wild one. And I had to bring my guests back, Lamont and Noons. What's up, guys? Talk to me, Sue. Man, man, I didn't talk to you guys. It's, it's been a wild 2021 already. We're only 16 days in. Six days in, January 6th, Trump supporters decided to have a rally in Washington, D.C. President Trump came out to talk. Rudy Giuliani came out to talk. Next thing you know, Trump supporters were marching down Washington, D.C. to the Capitol. Next thing you know, they was inside the Capitol, breaking windows, climbing walls. A former Air Force uh, lady was shot and killed. I think five people were killed overall. Talk to me about your feelings. Where were you guys when this happened? I know that I was washing clothes, and then my friend Jay texted me, Trump supporters are raging and they're storming the Capitol. And I'm like, what is he talking about? I thought they, they were talking about the Capitol in L.A. or Sacramento at first. He was like, no, it's in D.C. They're having a rally. And Trump, you know, as the moment, now they're storming the Capitol. They was trying to get the Senate to block the vote, to stop the Senate from, you know, solidifying the vote for Joe Biden. Tell me, where were you guys? What are your thoughts? I all got work. <laughs> training for a new position at my job and I'm just sitting there like not even listening to what's going on just scrolling Twitter just trying to figure out what, what's going on I need a live feed live updates like it's kind of crazy but there's some other things we could talk about like opinion wise or thoughts about how it all went down because it seemed a little off to me what about you Lamont man I don't even remember where I was man I think I was late to the information a little bit because you know, I'm always on and off of Twitter. You know, I got to sign off. Should be too wicked on there at times. But, man, like, I was kind of late to the information. And by the time I got to it, man, I was sitting there like, man, this is beautiful. <laughs> and then um, when I actually found out who was storming and why they were storming, I said, well, shit, it's still beautiful. It's just for an ugly reason. <laughs> 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 but um, personally, man, like, I looked at it and seen, I think I've seen things that the rest of the country didn't see um, but we could get into all that but man i really don't remember where i was man i just remember it started to hit me and i'm like damn this is crazy maybe we finally grew some fucking nuts as americans <laughs> hey it was a i know some people who feel the same way some people are like oh my gosh i can't believe they do that did that and some people on the other hand people are like i'm, I'm finally somebody did it i'm happy somebody finally did it you know but you know yeah no let's get into those thoughts let's get into those thoughts about you know, you know, you think it was warranted, even though some people think it was for the wrong reason, trying to stop the presidential selection from the Senate. What do you guys think? I just think it was too easy. <laughs> like, come on, man. We, we, we've seen the Capitol surrounded with, like, literally, like, hundreds and hundreds of soldiers and, like, military, like, fully armed. And this time they, or the White House was completely walled up so no one could look at it. We've seen that all in the last year. And... Now they just have a couple metal gates that the cops themselves open up and you see the cop one cop like waving them in like 
come on, man. It, it can't be that easy. Yeah, no, that was very interesting. They opened the gates. I've seen that footage on a couple of different uh, areas. I think first with, at the gate, they opened the gate, the uh, metal gates outside of the Capitol. And then once they got to the door of the Capitol, they opened that door and let them in. They just started letting them in. I mean, it's all type of, you know, stories out there that police were involved, FBI were involved, former CEOs, you know, were involved. So it's a lot of different stories out there, but it was definitely very too easy getting into that Capitol. Um, That's one of the, you know, most highly protected places in the country. And for them to get in that easy was just, that was actually crazy to me as well. What do you think about that, Lamont? Yeah, let's uh, not forget that Alcatraz was said to be one of the most toughest prisons to escape from, but yet multiple people escaped. I mean, listen, this is a side note, and I hope people can catch the wisdom on it. Anything created by a human, there's a way around it. You just have to think long and hard about it. I don't give a shit if it's a prison, institution, a building. Anything created by a fellow human being with brains, two eyes, and two lips, it, there is a way to think around it. So... That being the most heavily guarded place, all it takes is the right mix of events, and that place will not be the most heavily guarded place. So that's that on that. I still haven't seen the footage of the cops letting people in, just because I just hear the news and I keep on going about life as politics as usual, like in my brain. But I'm still trying to see that footage, because that's crazy, like if the cops let them in, but why are we shocked? I mean... This is why members of the KKK wear hoods, so, so their face could be covered, so they won't be identified when, when these type of things go on. So maybe they should take a page out of their ancestors' playbooks, if you will, and try to figure out why their faces was covered. But when I see the building get in storm, you know, granted that it was by people who don't necessarily hold the same ideals as most Americans hold, so that part is bad. But what they did, man, I actually looked at it and said, huh. Imagine if we actually had unity on both sides and we wanted real change. We wanted change with education, the financial system, with food production. Like We wanted real change. And this was our way of going about it because we got tired of these slow-footed policies and politicians. Shit would change rather quickly. And I'm still a Negro, so my open mind got a screen door. So that's why I'm paused like that. But it's just one of them things where it's just like, yo, like at the end of the day, for uh, them to be able to get in there and do what they do and how they did it, that should send a message to every single American. We hold the fucking power. Period, point blank. We will go in there and snatch them losers up in Senate, them losers up in Congress. We will snatch them up and have them scared. And maybe we need to go in there and slap them motherfuckers more often. <laughs> hey. I, I, I agree that it shows that we have power, but at the same time, it wouldn't be the same picture, man. Like, seriously. There was like maybe 50 cops there. They actually felt like they were in danger. There'd be thousands and thousands of cops, man, like in military personnel with weapons that we don't even know exist. Well, maybe you do, but I've never seen them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that because we know after the killing of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, everybody was protesting last summer. Black Lives Matter was out in record numbers protesting in cities all across this country. And they had during heavily... The pandemic. I had that in there during the pandemic. During the pandemic, yes. They had these places heavily guarded because they was aware of the Black Lives Matter uh, protests going around and that 
that they were burning, well, they burned the precinct in Minnesota. They were, you know, two people were looting. That wasn't really the Black Lives Matter. That was people who were just trying to be part of it. So because of that, they, you know, they had these places heavily guarded. And for them to have, you know, sufficient awareness of what was happening in D.C. before it was happening um, January 6th, and for them not to protect the Capitol the same way that they protected these places across America when Black Lives Matter, I just think that shows, you know, the difference in a America. I know a lot of people was already talking about that at two different Americas because you just let them go in and do what they want to do. But if that was black people, um, even though somebody did get shot, I know a, a Capitol police officer did end up shooting a young lady. She ended up dying. I know a lot of people said there were no black people that got shot. A lady did get shot. So let's just, you know, say call that for what it is. But I just think, you know, it would have been a lot more, you know, damage if it was African-Americans trying to do what they did. Also this, though. Also, this, and I get it. Um, realize that when Black Lives Matters is out there, right? Like I'm just calling it fair and even. I'm just trying to give people a different perspective. You know, I'm trying to teach y'all how to think while it's still legal. <laughs> but you know, when Black Lives Matters is doing what they're doing, not only is it Black people, it's Hispanics, it's whites, it's his Asians, it's all groups mixed in, right? Which is good. Which is beautiful. <laughs> When these white supremacists, bro, let's be honest, these people, don't, like, it's not a massive number of these people like how we like to believe. You know, there's more people in the country, at least to my thought, my belief, maybe I'm ignorant, but it's to my thought that there are more people that aren't like them than people that are like them. So if I'm just going based on the security measures, yeah, they could have had a little more tight, you don't let these people in the building. But, I mean, when you see the images of these groups, they're not really as big as they try to make it seem. I mean, they're not really like, they're not really, yes, yes, they come in packs and they come in large numbers. But in comparison to Black Lives Matter or any other movement out here, it doesn't even help comparison. Like, they don't have as many people in numbers. So having 50 cops or 100 cops probably seemed like something that could contain a situation. They obviously miscalculated, they undercalculated. But I'm just saying that just to kind of keep it somewhat fair and balanced, try to just give a different alternative perspective on what happened. Because at the end of the day, these people aren't, they don't roll like how we give them credit for rolling. And if you let me tell it, they're all punks and pussies, and that's why they wear hoods. And, yeah, but they um, do tend to get a lot more violent towards the Black Lives Matter movement, and we've seen that in the news all summer long last year. Yeah, we go. We go. Yeah, we go past last summer. You know, since you know Trayvon Martin, you know Mike Brown, we've seen all type of you know violence towards you know the Black Lives Matter protests every time you know something like this happens. But I mean, it's for me. I'm not shocked. You show me exactly what I already knew. Yeah, like you, you, you're just confirming what I've been saying my entire life, and you're confirming what my beautiful ancestors have been fighting for. You know, like the ones that had like mustaches and were good men, like. You're proving that we've been saying this entire time. So, I mean, for me, it's, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't say I'm shocked. I just think it's more, you know, blatantly aware now of, you know, the two different Americas that we live in. And I don't think, you know, I'm going to just say this. I know Noons is a Caucasian. I just think white people can't ignore it no more. What do you feel about that, Noons? Let's talk about that. We just can't ignore the two different Americas no more. I mean... You can talk to me about it all you want, but then you just preach into a choir. I don't know what you want. Like, I mean, <laughs> I can talk to people all I want, but I usually associate myself with people who 
are at least somewhat like-minded. I mean, at least when it comes to like ideals that are important to me, right? I mean, I like to pride myself on having lots of different friends, lots of different people I talk to, but when it comes to that type of stuff, it's like... Yeah, but I mean, what, what, what would you say to the white folks who just can't believe that, you know, they would do something like this and, you know, I might just be, you know, you know, some white people tend to overlook it, try to turn the other cheek, those type of things. Yeah, but I mean, what can you say in general, right? I mean, I can show them a million different things, right? And it doesn't matter. Like, it, you can't convince a rock that it's water, you know? Like, it's just like, <laughs> it is what it is. It's just like, you could do everything you possibly can, but it's still going to be a rock, you know? Like, it's just like, hey, that's their world, man. They can continue to live in it, but this is the real world, and we have to make a change in it. Yeah, but I just think that brought to the light where you can't, you can't, like, you know, uh, try to turn a blind eye to it no more. Even if you did, you were wrong. You know what's going on. You just try to turn a blind eye to it. But January 6th, you can no longer turn a blind eye to the two different America and the privilege of, you know, white people have in America. I'm going to just say it. But are they talking? A good in that, though? What do you say? Can we find, can we try to find a, a little bit of good in that? And it's wise because for a long time, you know, during the past couple presidencies, not Trump's, of course. We sit here and we act like this shit don't exist, man. And we sit here and, and we want to beat around the bush and we fuck around and found a lady laying in the bush. And so it's like, this is exactly where we need to be. Like, this is exactly what needed to happen because it's one thing when you're out and you're talking, you could come across like the angry black woman or the angry black man that's just, oh, the man in the system, man in the system. Let's only think about the man in the system. But it's clear that there are advantages based on race. There's disadvantages based on race. And there's certain things that you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And somehow people were blind to that. Like a lot of people were blind to the fact that you are treated differently because of your skin color. So this is what we needed as a point of reference for the history book. So I hope... McGraw and Hill was getting it right and note this shit because this is exactly what we needed to prove like America's not as advanced socially as we think we are. Yeah, we got cool iPhones and gadgets and gadgets, but socially, man, we still operate like we in the fucking, you know, caveman times. I mean, we're borderline sickos, but we have nice roads and cars, so you know, I guess we're not as sick as we seem, right? Yeah, I think it's funny that we think, you know, Martin Luther King shout out birthday yesterday and Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Definitely, definitely. We think that that's like centuries and centuries ago, but the man would most likely be alive still. <laughs> like, like this happened in our grandparents' lives. Like, there's generations that are still living in America that have seen the other side with their own eyes. Like, mm-hmm. so it ain't that far away. We act like, oh, it's so much better now. It's so much better now. It's so much distant. But the truth of the matter is, like, we've had generations that are still alive that lived it. And so it's still ingrained in their brain until they're all smoked off. Then, then maybe we'll see a a change in in attitude and thinking. Yeah. And just to, you know, move us along, who do you think to blame for this? Are we, are we blaming Trump? Twitter's definitely blaming Trump. Facebook blaming Trump. All social media is blaming Trump. He's been banned indefinitely from all social media platforms. I know, Lamont, you found that very crazy, but uh, go ahead, Nunes. <laughs> uh, let me talk. I hate Donald Trump to begin with as a person before he was even president. I think he's a piece of junk in general. But I don't think he's 
necessarily the one to blame. There's always been this division. I think what he's done is feed off the crack and make that crack bigger and magnify it. And it's pushed people to go further and further apart. But it's always been there. He didn't create it. He just kind of magnetized it and made money off of it and did what he was going to do. Like, that's where he needed to do because of it. And now I think it's maybe bigger, for sure bigger and more magnified because of him. But it's always been there. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, um, I agree with what No said. I mean, shit, it's always been there. Like, he's not to blame. I mean, these things existed before him, before Obama, before Clinton. I think if you want to know the truth, if I really had to put a blame on it, I would put a blame on our biggest media outlets. And as much as I love Disney, Disney included, I want to put a blame on the biggest media outlets because as a person in the media, it is your job to take a a, a non-partisan view when you're dealing with politics. It is your job to take a non-biased view when you're relaying information, when you're part of the media. When you're part of the media, you also do things that advance the culture of humanity, advance the culture of the society that you live in. And you do that through your media, whether that's written form, audio, visual, exactly what we're doing. I mean, there's different forms of media, obviously. And the media's inability or unwillingness to actually focus on real situations and things that we know are out here, but they just don't want to highlight for whatever reasons, man, fuck them ratings. Because at the end of the day, when you're talking real shit, the rating is going to go sky high period point blank people gonna tune into real shit and so if i do have to blame anybody i have to blame the media but then we can sit here and trickle it down like oh well the media is owned by this dude and that dude okay sure but at the end of the day if i did have to blame somebody i would put a big blame on all media outlets especially the large ones because your inability or unwillingness or both to foster some type of thought-provoking dialogue that moves us forward. And I ain't talking about no one-time here and there City Hall meeting on CNN, on, on CNN Scram. Shout out to CNN because those little bit of things help, but we need some shit like that running on TV twice a week. Like We got some real healing that needs to be done, and we've got real answers that need to be questioned. we got real unity that needs to be had. And at the end of the day, if no one is willing to address these things and talk about these things and don't want to address the elephant in the room, then you are also part of the problem. Just to piggyback off of what Martin Luther King says, right, since it is his weekend, I don't know the exact quote, so don't kill me over it, but when you see some injustices and you don't speak up about it, you are aiding to that problem. That's basically what he said, you know? So it's it's the media. Like, yes, times have changed to where individuals like us now can create a platform and share with the world and we can share our perspective. But this has only been around for the past... 24 to 36 months. I mean, this type of media for the everyday person is still like a newer thing. And so I would have to blame the media outlets for failing to foster thought-provoking conversation, for failing to understand and realize that there is a division within a nation. Because it makes me go, you're not a real journalist. You're not a real media advocate. You're not out here really telling real stories because as a writer, as a journalist, as as, as people that work in the media, you know how or, or you should have the ability to look at questions and question things that most people just aren't going to look at and bring those ideas and ideology to the people and let the people have fun, creative, thought-provoking, forward-moving conversation. But our medias have failed. Who Donald Trump, not to take sides with him in any type of way, but he has been, you know, attacking our media. And we could sit here and go, uh-oh, he's just doing that. Man, listen, the media has been doing a poor fucking job for a long fucking time. 
And when Donald Trump comes out and said, it's like, everyone's like, no, he's just trying to cover up his lies. Listen, I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he ain't. But the fact of the matter is, the media has been doing a poor job for a long, long time. CNN included. All of them have been doing a poor job. But how many of us actually knows how media and journalism really goes? We really don't. See what I'm saying? So we just going on what you do. But like I say, if I do have to blame somebody... I will blame the media conglomerates. Yeah. The, yeah. The only, yeah. The only reason why I say, you know, that we blame Trump because, you know, for the last four years he has, you know, the rhetoric that he has been using. Uh, we saw what happened in Charlottesville when he first became president. And now we've seen where we ended up on January 6th in that speech he gave right before, you know, they marched down to the Capitol. A lot of people say that had a lot to do with them marching into the Capitol and while they were rioting and, you know, doing everything in the Capitol, Trump was supposedly just sitting back. He um, denied the request of the National Guard at first. And then, you know, his advisors finally got through to him. He um, called in the National Guard. He gave a little video. He uploaded a video to, you know, calm the protester. No, not protester. Let's call them rioters, terrorists, terrorists, whatever, to calm them down. And they said he should have been done that. So that's one reason why I asked if we blame Trump. I mean, I definitely think Twitter and Facebook blames Trump. And for a president to be banned, I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, the First Amendment is freedom of speech. But um, I guess those platforms are no available to him. It's a private company, though. And we've had every president has been able to communicate to the country without Twitter. Like, he's the only one that relied on it. Like, there's other ways to reach people, other platforms. He has a big enough platform and makes enough money. He can make his own fucking website and say whatever he wants. And then it'll be his own private company. I, I know people disagree. I'm going to say this. The, I don't give a fuck. Like, if, you got, if you're going to break the rules or you're, you're not going to, like, let a naughty kid keep being naughty, you're going to spank his ass and tell him to move on. You know? Like, it'll be fine. Let me say this. Before I get to the Twitter shit, the Twitter shit is insane. <laughs> but let me say this. Let me ask a question. Isn't the president supposed to be representative of the country? Yeah. Or most or most like the people or a representation of the uh, most popular thought of the country? You know, Donald Trump represented that. Obama represented that political correctness because I remember a couple years ago we went through this phase of like political correctness. Everyone's trying to say the right thing, do the right shit. Ah, that was the Obama representation. Isn't things like that. So it's like Yes, Trump should have, as president, he should have fucking said, all right, you people got to fucking relax. But at the end of the day, he's representing exactly who they are. He he is representing how a lot of people in America feel or felt. It's just Trump was in your face about it. Obama was more like, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, I don't think he's racist, but those like under an Obama administration was more like, I'm going to say fuck these niggas, but I'm going to keep it quiet and I'm going to keep it low-key. The Trump administration, it's like the people just feel empowered to say fuck these niggas. You see what I'm saying? But under Obama, it's like, uh, fuck them niggas, but let's have a conversation with them. And the moment they walk out the room, I'll fuck them. I mean, not saying Obama him, but that shit trickles down into how the citizens are operating. And we can sit there and act like it don't. But there's enough data, shout out to Pew Research, there's enough data out there that shows a lot of this shit trickles down like that. You know, and just to get back on the Twitter shit, listen, man, y'all bands. <laughs> this is where I'm at with it. 
for me, the reason why it's revealing for me, it's not because of Trump, because his rhetoric is fucking insane. And that's and I want to be very clear about that. I'm not defending him or his rhetoric or any of that shit. It is insane. I don't agree with it. But what I am looking at it is go, okay, it seems like tech, big tech, and policymaking are now sharing the same bed. And it's troubling. And it should send the message to every American. Because at the end of the day, you know, whether your, whatever your opinion is, you're protected by the Constitution to believe that opinion. It's people out here that believe the earth is flat. And as far as I'm concerned, we should ban all of them motherfuckers on Twitter right now. Just off that thought alone, they should be kicked off the platform, never to be heard from again, if you let me tell it. So it's like the fact that we could do that to the president. Well, what happens if, you know, someone like Malcolm X lived in his day and age? He will for sure be banned off Twitter. But then we go on to praise that rhetoric decades later. Now, I don't think Trump is going to be getting praises in any. No, I think Trump's only going to get praise in his small section. But it's the ability to go in and take away someone's point of view that and their ability to persuade and lead others through that point of view because you don't agree with it. To me, that is scary and it's telling and it's revealing of the future that we're headed in. I just told y'all that we need to think while it's still legal. I'm going to just leave it there because I know what I'm saying. But to do that, now rather we agree with it or not, I think you should give people the ability to use their God-given brain and go, hey, listen, do you believe what this man is saying or do you not believe it? But shit, it's supposed to be a country built on God and all this other shit. So God gave you a brain. He gave you free will. And it's not my job as a man to take away what God gave you. You know, I don't get religious, but you know, that's just facts. This country is supposed to be built on. And at the end of the day, I don't agree with Trump. A lot of people don't agree with Trump. A lot of people think he's out of bullshit, man. Like, I'm out in the bars and restaurants. If I talk to the people, a lot of people, white people, Mexican, a lot of people feel like and Trump bullshit. But then you do have something that really hold everything he's saying is true. You have that right as an American to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe, no matter how untrue it is. And you can sit there and go, well, he's the president. He has too much influence. Uh, there has been people that have had just as much influence as the president and ain't never been the president or was never close to being the president. So are, so is, are, are you targeting him because his position of power or are you targeting him because his ability to influence on a massive scale? Because... The fact that you were able to win, and yeah, these are private companies, so they can't do whatever the fuck they want as a company, right? But if we think that this, what won't happen to the average man and woman that's out here fighting for something good, they just show you that it'll happen to a president. So don't think you can't have any, any one of us. That's why it's a little scary to me. Because, I mean, granted, Trump was saying some wow shit, but it's every influential person that is influential on any type of massive scale are going to say things that are going to be deemed as wild. Martin Luther King, God rest his soul, it's his weekend. He says some things that were deemed as wild. They probably would have took him off Twitter He say some of this shit back then. Talk about boycotting fucking buses and fucking crashing our local economy. Get out of here, you fucking in that case. You see what I'm saying? But, you know, it, it's it's that's where I feel with it. That's why right. it's, it's... Like you got something to say there, Noons. It's just like you were, you were saying, like, the president has a trickle-down effect to what the people are and how they react to things and the way they speak and the way they go about their daily life. And that's why, like, it's, you say he does have influential power, but it's just like, like you said, you can ban him because he actually is, like, inciting anger and 
racism thoughts and like ter- terrible things in people. And he is the president. That's why you can do something like that. Cause he does have that power. And you just said, like we have tons of research that shows that like the country follows its leader, just like a, a team follows their coach, right? You take on the attributes of your coach. And if you have, but a- we know who to follow and who not to follow. I don't think the country was following Trump. I think a small portion of people was following Trump. No, but you just said the research itself shows that. and But not the country as a whole, because obviously there's division, which is party lines. But it does trickle down like when Obama says something, it is going to affect a young black kid probably more than it affects a young white kid that lives in rural South. You know, but at the same time, if Trump says something, it's going to affect that kid that lives in rural South, that white kid that lives in rural South, it's going to affect him more than if, you know, a black kid that lives in the middle of Brooklyn. You see what I'm saying? It's You're going to appeal to who you appeal to, but it's my belief that the American people aren't stupid. It's my, even though the powers that be think you guys are fucking stupid little insects. I don't think you people are stupid, but I think we're very, very smart people. But it's not everyone is going to subscribe to that thought. And I I think having that thought out there, it creates an environment to foster conversation. It creates an environment to go, you know what? I don't agree with your point of view, but shit, let's talk about it. I do think what you're saying is stupid as shit. Let's talk about it. But this whole ideology of like cancel culture, this whole, oh, I don't agree with you. So I don't want to see it. I don't want to deal with it. To me, that's mentally weak. You're not building strong children and you're not building strong thinkers and strong future because it's when something arises that you don't agree with, rather than think yourself through that process and talk through the process, you're willing to just go, I don't want to deal with it. Ugh. And that's, to me, I don't want to live in a country with people who are afraid of anything that rivals their thought. That's not how you grow as humans. That's not how you grow as people. But wouldn't you say that Donald Trump is that? He doesn't agree with anyone that rivals his thoughts. And you talked about the media doing a poor thing, and he did call that out, but at the same time, he's promoting strong one-sided media outlets that are smaller, but their rhetoric is the same as his and he's only promoting his own thoughts. So he doesn't want to hear the, the opposite side of the coin either. I think, but this is what I'm saying. It's you're always going to see the small divide because if you take a uneducated, you know, low social economical rural white guy or gal or family, they're going to be more likely to hang on to his rhetoric than someone that comes from a different environment, college educated, things like that. They're going to look at these things and go, no, there's two sides to the coin. You see, but that comes, that brings up a deeper question as far as level of education. Do you know how to check sources? Do you know how to cite your information? Do you know how to fact check your information? And not just use Google, but use Google like in an in-depth way. Google scholars and the different type of things that you can do on Google to really figure out real answers. Now, obviously, these things, what I'm saying is how many people in, in the world South even know about Google Scholar, but they might know about Google. You see, somebody in a different area. So, so basically, it's like, I just feel that, listen, let them say whatever they want and let people believe whatever they want because the, the, collectively, I don't think people agree with that. Now, you might have a small, small portion of people that subscribe to that thought, let them have that thought because through dialogue, through conversation, you know, the kids that watch and the younger generation that see this, that are like, well, let me hear what this saying and let me hear what this saying. And they're going to be able to discern and go, okay, no, this is wrong because of this, 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 this. And you don't do this because of this, this, this. And you do do this because of this, this, this. Not just 
oh, well, I was told it's wrong, so it's wrong. It's like, no, nah, I'm telling you it's wrong, but here's why it's wrong. This is how it's wrong, and I'm going to walk you through that process of it being wrong. Not just I want to eliminate the opposition because I simply don't agree. Let him have his platform. Let him say whatever dialogue he wants to say because eventually when that type of ideology is weeded out our society within the next couple of decades, we're going to look back on history, and you're ultimately going to be wrong. You know, even in that moment, you incited, you know, 50,000 people to go out there and act crazy. But there's more people out there that are not racist than people that are racist. There are a, a whole lot of racists, but it's my real thought that there are more Americans that understand what's going on and get it than people that aren't. And taking away that opportunity for them to express themselves freely, that's just going against the Constitution at that point. But, but it does get tricky because they are private companies. So I don't know how that works. But it's just to go as far as to ban anybody, it's all I'm saying is this, people. If it happened to the president, they are setting the precedent with him. It happened to him. Anybody else that has rhetoric that can be influential that we don't agree with, it will happen to you as well. Rather, if you're inciting something, rather you're cyberbullying, no matter what you're doing, if we find it not in a line with how we feel it should be said or spoken of, then we're going to just ban it all together. The reason why most people won't get to that level because we'll never get to the platform of a Donald Trump and have that type of power. But at the end of the day, my thought is, hey, let people believe whatever they want to believe. That don't mean what you believe and think is the true shit. And eventually it'll be weeded out. You know? Great conversation. Great conversation. I just let you guys, you know, go back and forth. I think you guys both have some, you know, very valid points. But Trump is on his way out. Trump's only has a, well, less than a week. It's what, today's Saturday? He's he'll, uh, January 20th. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be inaugurated. Do you guys think that they're the right team to be moving us forward? I mean, I, I have no idea. I don't think that I it think looks that, good. But. <laughs> I said it looks good. I mean, optically, it looks good. You know, got a, a young African-American woman. Yeah, inspire all the young black children out here. Yay. You got to fucking, oh, I do, you know, someone can appeal to the older white crowd in America that just feel like, you know, it's just not a nigger's turn to be running this country 100%. Yeah, I mean, mean, Joe Biden has about 45 years in Congress. I'm not saying he's done a lot of great things within the 45 years. Camilla Harris, you know, she's been around since the mid-1990s. She was DA of up in the Bay Area, then she became DA of California. I mean, there's some, you know, pros and cons to both of them. I know Kamala Harris is the first African-American vice president, so all young women going to be looking up to her. She's actually the first female vice president. Let's put that out there first. And then she's the first African-American, you know, vice president. So all females going to be looking up to her. All young girls going to be looking up to her. I mean, we're getting back to normal politics. We're not, you know, we're getting away from Trump. You know, he's not your normal politician. I don't think he was a politician at all before he uh, became president. So you guys think just having, you know, a regular politician back in there, um, people who actually know politics, know how to, you know, get things done, um, know how to talk to the people, know how to bring the people together. You think they're going to be do a good job at that, bringing America back together because America's definitely been divided. You think they have the ability to bring it back together? I think it, it, nothing really is going to change in this next four years. This is something that it's going to take uh, multiple like presidencies to get past, and if there isn't anything that's going to change ever. I mean, I think they're going to be pretty, I don't know, vanilla for lack of a better term. You know, like they're just going to do what a normal president does, and nothing's going to change. But I feel like at this point in our country, like if a Republican says they like red, a 
Democrat says they hate red. You know, like it's just like at that point where you don't even think that winning the Senate, well, winning those two runoffs in Georgia and the Senate being 50-50 and Camelia Harris, you know, being the, the factor to um, having the Democrats basically win, you know, any policy or any type of policy making. Yeah, I think that happens in a lot of presidencies. You can see that in their first two years or four years, the first term, they typically have uh, a Senate and a House majority. And that's why right away you see a lot of uh, policies and things getting pushed through. But they automatically, like next presidency, they're going to go back to being a split or not having anything. So you go back to the boss. That's just how it works. What about you, Lamont? What do you see the Biden, Kamala Harris administration doing? I could, I could care less. Like I say, it's good for the optics. Yay, little black kids grow up. Yay, you know. Yay, we got a new. Wait, wait, let me let me ask. Do you, do you think that's the reason Joe Sorry. Biden selected Harris? Not impressed. Yeah, I mean, it was a good look. Let's be honest. I mean, she's beautiful. She is African-American. I think having a female as a vice president is great for the country right now. It's shocking that we've never at least had a female vice president. That's something that's a little shocking to, to me, at least. I mean, damn, we can at least find one qualified female over the past, you know, 50 years at least. Like, I mean, maybe early in our history, okay, but damn. You know, there's more than enough qualified f- females out here that can do the vice presidency job or even the presidency, maybe. But, nah, man. He chose her because it looked good. It was a good look, things like that. I think he needed some extra support from the black community. And so, for all political reasons, I mean, at this point, if we don't understand politics as usual, then I don't know what to tell you. Jay-Z got a whole song about it. Go listen to it and run his streams up. But, I'm personally, man, I could care less. Um, I'm not impressed. I'm not enthused. And I love politics, but I love it so much that I see it a lot differently than a lot of people. And so I'm not impressed. I don't care. I know everyone's happy because they feel like they beat the boogeyman. They feel like Thanos is over. So this is the hoo-ha moment of Thanos is dead. We knocked the big bad guy out, whatever the case is. But all these things is... This shit is just a big ass play. That's a very good point that you bring up because I know a lot of people don't agree with, you know, Joe Biden, his politics, and he was heavily involved in the 94 crime bill. I know a lot of people talk about Camelia Harris' track record in the Bay Area and how she locked a lot of African American males up for, you know, low level offenses that they really just wanted Trump out and they just voted for Biden and Harris just to get Trump out. It wasn't really because they believed in a politics. Is that where you stand to? Similar, but a little different, man. I feel like, and hear me out with this once again, as a disclaimer, you know, I'm not a Trump supporter. I don't support none of these motherfuckers. I could care less about any of them. If you want to know the truth, I ain't Democrat or fucking Republican. Don't refer to me as a donkey or fucking elephant. Keep your respect for but the reason why I could care less is because I think Trump was going to really birth a new America by accident. What I mean by that is she was going to get so ugly, so divided, that eventually you would have had Americans partner with real American ideals across all racial lines, across all different color lines. And then you would have had just those people that stormed the Capitol building. You would have had those small group of individuals versus the rest of us Americans that we on some, 
we ready for the future. We ready to move past some shit so we could be the number one country in the world for real, for real type shit. Not dealing with this shit that we already dealt with fucking decades ago. Mm-hmm. And I think accidentally we would have birthed something new in America. We would have birthed a more a truer unified people, a stronger unified people. Because it's just, I mean, I could be wrong, but it's just my thought process that when you have a common enemy, you have something to attack, right? And when Trump was a common enemy for a lot of people that bonded a lot of people just through Trump hatred, no matter how you got to unity, the whole goal was to unite, even if it was through hatred of an individual. And I just think by him being such a dickhead that he would have birthed positivity within this country because it would have brought so many negative things into our forefront that we would have looked deep within us, like as individuals and as a country, and would have said, you know what? It's time to make some real fucking change here. I, I think with Biden and Kamala Harris, we're going to get back to the old, yeah, shit's fucked up, but let's like act like it's not fucked up, and let's be hopeful for a better day. But Trump, you wasn't hopeful for a better day. It was like, nah, we got to make a better day for ourselves. Kamala and Joe is going to foster that ideology once again that Things are fucked up, but it ain't that bad. But nah, it's more fucked up than what it is. With Trump, you knew it was fucked up and you was willing to deal with it being fucked up on a social level. So, man, I could really care less about what they got going on. Um, I don't think (laughs) any president over the age of 75 has the crispiness to be telling a youthful country what to do or how it should operate. (laughs) You know, that's first and foremost. Most of the policies that do get passed in his administration, he's not even going to probably be able to live to see any real change that he does put forefront he definitely won't be able to live and see because it takes time for things to permeate into our society and so it's for to have anybody out there you know it's i'm not hopeful because at the end of the day if i sit there and ask biden hey big dog once again i say it all the time how do we grow food faster without tearing up the soil because we have a food production problem here in the u.s i guarantee biden is going to look at me like i don't know you can scram. You're no one that I want to be leading me. You don't even know how to feed me properly. Scram. And I ain't saying that you have to have the answers, but the fact that you can think to get some of our brightest scientists in the same room, it shows poor leadership. Scram. But you don't even know that that's an issue. Yeah. But you want to tell me about all this other goofy shit? None of these people speak on real things. That's why I don't believe in it. So keep the dog and pony show, you know, and I'm going to sit back with my popcorn and I'm going to watch it because this shit's about to get good. Yeah. I mean, if I had to ask one more question, if the administration could do one thing, you know, to help try to bring America back together after administration, what are you most looking forward to the administration trying to do to heal the country? If there is something they can do to heal the country and heal relations with other countries? God, listen, I hate to be that guy. Well, fuck the relations with other countries right now because we need to fix ourselves. Now, fuck that. I'm not with that. I'm not subscribing to that thought. We got shit that we need to fix here on our own home front before we try to go deal with other things else. I'm going to fuck about Palestine, Israel, China, none of them. God bless to all of you beautiful people out there. I don't hate you as people. I just love my country a little bit more. And at the end of the day, we got our own issues. So fuck them other nations. As of right now, until we get our own shit, it's like, I can't be telling you how to go mow your grass and my grass look fucked up. This is insane. We have to stop that shit right here. Okay? We have to stop that. That is piss poor. But if they could do one thing to try to bring us together, it would be through honesty. This is the only way, this is the only thing that can bring America together. And I mean honesty coupled with facts. I don't want none of your opinionated bullshit. I don't even 
try to deal with my own personal opinions on things. I try to get to the facts and let that guide my opinions. But if you really want to be unity and healing, we have to be honest. And he just has to come out and say how fucked up it has been, how fucked up it is, how certain groups have been marginalized, how historically things have always been, just by saying it, by voicing it, by putting it widespread. Like, we all know it's there, but for it to be said from a president's mouth, I think that would be the first step into really fostering real healing, real unity, because at least, you know, black people will feel like, damn, at least he understands what's going on and he's not afraid to speak to it. And then you'll have white people who maybe don't really understand it or don't care to understand it. Maybe they'll have an open heart and an open mind and try to understand it. And I think, honestly, it's the only way to unity. But, 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 but historically, you get killed for telling the truth. So that shows you what they really, you know, God bless. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, specifically what, what they can do. I mean, I think something that could go a long way is working on some more bipartisan like legislation, anything like that, maybe giving a Republican a position of some type of power. That way, like, it's like an olive branch being extended. But again, that's, I don't know if that will do anything or, but someone has to be nice at the, at some point for, because <laughs> right now it's just like two assholes just looking at each other, yelling at each other from across the street. Like at some point someone has to walk across the street, I guess, quote unquote, be the bigger person, but I don't know who that's going to be or when it's going to happen. Definitely, definitely. Well, I hope that, you know, leading up to inauguration, there's no more violence. I know the FBI has came out and warned about violence in all 50 states across the country leading up to the inauguration. But I hope there's no more violence. And once Biden and Harris are in there, I hope they can do their best job at, you know, trying to heal the country, bring it together, you know, try to work on bipartisan deals and just get the country back together, get the economy back running trying to, you know, resolve this pandemic, whatever they can do, just please, please, you know, try to do it the right way. Let me say this, so let me just get it off. You know, let me have my yay moment real quick. I'm going to let you finish, but let me have my yay moment. You want to know how these people can really make real change? Get some fucking political scientists in these fucking buildings. Get some political scientists that actually understands in-depth social activity, not policy-making, not law-making. These people are lawyers, and these people come from policy-making, law-making, and all these other goofy things. Fuck that scram. Get some political scientists like myself on your team or in these buildings to assist you with certain ideology and thought process because politics and political science are two different things. I've said it before. I'm always say it. Politicians and a political scientist are two different individuals. And the fact that you don't have no political scientists and none of these people come from a political scientist background, that is alarming and that's telling. And you want to get some real people that know what the fuck they're doing, that knows their job for real, for real, that understands the science of people, the science of the polis, get political scientists in there, real ones, not ones that come from fucking law school and all this other goofy shit. People that understand how the actions they make today could affect the children and the future of tomorrow and yesteryear and all type of shit. All this shit is all inclusive. All this shit is connected. But you're never going to really get to this shit as long as you keep having lawyers and these type of people that go based on the law telling you how things should run. Let's not forget slavery was once legal. But if you try it now, you'll be seen as a sicko. But it was once the law at one point. 
So it's proof that laws are always fucking real and they are always the truth. But political scientists can help create laws and policies because they're attacking it from a social perspective. What's good for people, what's better for the human thought process and things like that. We're factoring things that politicians don't even have the brains or ability to factor in. These people are fucking stupid. God bless America. God bless America. Thank you guys for joining me today. I really, really am looking forward to what's going to happen in the new Biden-Harris administration. Once again, Happy New Year. I want to thank all the Couch Talk supporters, all the listeners out there. Uh, we look forward to you know bringing you great conversation, great debates, whether it's sports, social issues, cultural issues. Thank you guys for joining me, man. Couch Talk.